This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Victory Inheritance Ministries, the City of Hope. As you listen, may the Holy Spirit minister to you in the simplicity of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to sincerely appreciate my friend and brother, Pastor, God, uh, Pastor Jonathan Emogu, who has been such an immense blessing to my life and ministry. It's been a while that I saw with him. I saw him in person. But when he told me to come for the men's convention, I saw it as a great privilege to be here. I want to thank him and his lovely wife, though not here present, and also appreciate God for all of our men in the house today. I hear that um, we are kings, and indeed we are. Put your hands together for yourselves, all of our men. Amen. I'm sure we shall be having a glorious time before the Lord today. And may God bless you by his word. Once again, I'm glad to be here. In Jesus' precious name. A wise driver who knows that he doesn't have a spare tire will not drive rough. He will try as much as possible to avoid every pothole and everything that looks like it. There is no such thing as a spare life. So stop driving rough. I'm told to share on the topic, a dignified man. And the Holy Ghost gave me words for each and every one of us here today, particularly our kings. A dignified man. What is a dignity? What is dignity? Dignity is defined as the personal quality of being. Dignity is defined as the personal quality of being, spirit, soul, and body. Worthy of honor. A dignified man. Jesus is dignity personified. Even the way he walked and conducted his affairs was winning people over to his side. You find that in John chapter 1, 35 to 38. The way Jesus was walking, his steps was commanding attention. The way he carried himself. So you can't completely explain dignity by putting Jesus aside. 
dignity is what God ordains for every man. Jesus was taking a stroll one evening and John the Baptist and his disciples were hanging out on the other end of the road. And the Bible said two of his disciples left him and went to meet Jesus while he was just taking a walk. He hasn't spoken to anybody. Just taking steps. He commanded the attention of John the Baptist's disciples. Two of them. They went over to ask him. <laughs> We've been seeing everybody walking, but we have not seen such steps. Gallant steps. Majestic steps. And they said, Master, where are you living? So then come and see. And the scripture said, they went to his house that night and never returned. So John the Baptist lost two disciples that evening to a dignified man. Those guys wanted something better. Just by the way he walked, he wasn't talking to anybody. It was just an evening stroll. So you can't be a man of dignity and people don't know. Remember, it's by their fruit, you know them. Read with me 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I take my text from there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Glory to Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Hallelujah. Say after me, Jesus is dignity personified. Say it one more time. Say for the last time now. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 says, that's Paul speaking, Paul speaking to us, a man of great depth. He said, be ye followers of me. Even as I, Paul, am a follower of Christ. Look at it again. Be ye followers of me, even as I, Paul, am a follower of Christ. That is, follow me because I mirror Christ. First Peter 2 verse 21, the Bible says, Jesus left us an example to follow. He left us an example to follow. If he led a dignified life, you cannot be different if you are with him, if you have him in you. Because by the law of procreation, like begets like. So Paul was able to can say to us without any stress, look, if you see me, in fact, some translation says, pattern your life after me because I also pattern my life after Christ. So you can't be off key following Christ. 
Be ye followers. And you know who you follow determines what follows you. That's very important. Jesus was speaking in John chapter 14 verse 9. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. It was a, follow, it was a response to a question Peter asked. Show us the Father. So you are, He said, Peter, I have been with you for how long? Now? You, you have not still seen the Father? Okay, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Because I proceeded from him. I can't be bearing different fruit. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Because I and the Father were one. Responsibility is the price for greatness. If you are a dignified man, it will show. So what are the responsibilities of a dignified man? Number one. A dignified man is ordained to be the head of his family. Not a figurehead, but a head indeed. Many men have lost their dignity because of irresponsibility. The word responsibility is actually two words joined together. Respond to ability. A dignified man doesn't dodge from responsibilities. They embrace it with excitement. Every dignified man embraces responsibility with excite all excitement affordable. Very clearly, Ephesians 5 says, the man is the head of the home, the head of the wife. I was coming to church this morning. I saw a woman crying on our street, crying so profusely. Just this morning as I was coming here. And I had to stop and ask her, Madam, what's the challenge? The response she gave to me, the Holy Ghost said she lied. Said, my tummy is painting, but I had it. My spirit is something more. Just this morning. I'm sure that the men, the kings of this house, are heads indeed, not figureheads. Responsible. Look at the book of First Timothy chapter 3. A dignified man. Dignified man. First Timothy chapter 3. I will read from verses 1. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work, a bishop then must be blameless. The husband of how many wives? Said they must also be vigilant and sober, of good what, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, nor not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient. You saw that our brother, 
during the, the play. Not a brawler, not covetous. One that ruled his own house, having his children in subjection. With what? All gravity. That is, men of dignity are in charge. Don't play nonsense. They're in charge. I was, I was watching something yesterday. A boy was, was talking to the father and rubbing his head in Nigeria. He said, a dignified man has his family. That is, he said his children are under control with gravity. Come on. I love that word, gravity. Very strong word. He's in charge. Children can't go haywire. No, when they go haywire, you, 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 bring, you line them back to track. A dignified man has his family under control. Because if you read further, the Bible said, if you can't rule your house well, how can you rule the house of God? Now, don't, don't, put it, don't leave it just in the church level. If you fail at the family level, you have failed in any other place. So don't be too quick to say, okay, it's just church affair. Rubbish. It's every affair. It's every what? So the kings in this house, please understand. Your children are a blessing. Don't leave the responsibility of children to the wife. They are to support. When it comes to discipline, don't spare them. Because he that spears the rod, what happens? Spoils the child. If you don't let them cry today, they will make you cry tomorrow. Something happened last night, <coughs> excuse me, and I brought out Cain. I noticed disobedience in my second son. The mother said, don't carry my phone. And then he went and did it. I said, okay, come. You have earned yourself beaten. And to the glory of God, I took the instrument for ministration. Instrument for what? You know, because, because today, you may think it's just, don't carry this phone, and he carried it. Tomorrow, it, mean, it will increase in level. So let's quickly tame it now. You know, every animal is tameable. Have you know that? People now have lions as pets now. You've not seen it? Oh. You, you domesticate them. One time, I saw misbehave, and I was flogging him. And as I was flogging him, I was showing him the Bible. I was reading to him this scripture that says, I mean, in Proverbs 13, you know, that he that spears the, the rod. So I said to him, God even recommended rod. I'm holding belt. <laughs> Glory to God. The recommendation is, he that spears the rod. So you see now, lie down. You see, 
civilization will never overtake the truth of scriptures. My uncle in the U.S. had his little son. His little son, you know, went to the police station to, to report him that the father beat him. And they came to arrest the father, took him to the police station. Can you now see why things are happening the way, the way they are happening over there? Ah. So, as kings, your family is your garden. Don't allow weeds grow there. Have you noticed that in a, in a farm, in a garden, you, sometimes you have weeds competing for space with the real crops planted? You cannot be joking and say, oh, they will let them, just leave them, it's just grass. Very soon, all of your efforts will be wasted. But no man here will weep over their family. No king here will weep over their children. Said our children should be in control and let's have them under gravity. Number two. A dignified man must be a man who maintains order. Must be an embracer of order because order is the mother of progress. God will never operate in a place where there's disorderliness. We had the song this morning, the ministration about how that young man was telling us to invest. Invest. Order. There are certain things God won't bring into your life and my life because of mis disorder. Mismanagement. One day I said to our people in church, I said, all of you are millionaires. They were looking at themselves. I said, go home today. Put together all the money that has come into your hand from January till now. They came back with their faces down. You know why? As the money was coming, it was going. Because there was no financial order. We must put order in place in our lives. Order in our various families. Let the children know when to go out and return home. We live in a very corrupt and perverse generation where children want to be on their own. If you let them be, you will weep tomorrow. Draw the line, and anytime they cross it, you are broken order. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says. Train up a child in the way that he should go. What happens? When he grows up, he will not depart from it. I took my time to study Jeremiah chapter 35. From verses 1 to the end. There's a man by the name of Rechab. That the Rechabites came out from. God used that family as an example. God said to Jeremiah, go to the house of Rechab. And gather before his children drums of wine and tell them to begin to drink. You see what happened. So Jeremiah went there and assembled before this wonderful family. 
plenty of drum of drums of wine. And the Bible said, he said to them, begin to drink. And they told him, we will not drink. Why? Our father strictly warned us. And the man died hundreds of years back. But his instructions still carried weight generations after. That is how to be a dignified man. Long after you are gone, your voice is still reverberating. All through history. Because of the seed you sow. Because of lack of order, a prophet died and left his wife in debt. Financial order. Second Kings chapter 4. The woman cried, Oh, prophet, you know my servant served the Lord. It's true. But it was a disorderly prophet. Otherwise, you won't leave your family in debt. You are too extravagant. He left his family in embarrassment and in big shame. That's why God said to Isaiah, I mean to, to Hezekiah, in chapter 38 of Isaiah, he said, verse 1, he said, put your house in order. God is an orderly God. He won't operate where there's no order. You are praying for revival. It will never come until you clean up. When you clean up, God will show up. That's very important. When you clean up, God will show up. Now, in chapter 17 of First King, remember, the 450 prophets of Baal, they cried to their God, they cried to Baal, did all kinds of disorderly things, including cutting themselves. Blood was thrown everywhere. When there is disorder, you bleed. It may not be physically, but you run at a loss. So, but one man who understands the language of order came on board. Because if you read your Bible well, I may not have time to go through all the scriptures, but I'll quote it. Get, take out time to read them. In that same 1 Kings 17, the Bible said, after they had done all the things called Baal and all manner of things, nothing happened. In fact, he was mocking them. Shout the loudest. Maybe your Baal has traveled. Or maybe he's in the toilet. Or maybe he's discussing perhaps. And when they did all that, nothing happened. Then the Bible said, Elijah showed up and gathered the wood and the stones and put them in order. You know why the prophets were jumping around? They were mistakenly roughing the altar. They were, they were ruffians. So, but God can't come down in the midst of such disorderliness. So, when they were done with their disorderliness, the Bible said, Elijah showed up and put the woods in order. You find that in chapter 1, chapter 17 of First King, from verses 30 to 40. He put the wood and the stones in order, and then he prayed the shortest prayer I've ever heard. He said, Lord, let these people know today that I am your servant and that you have called me to do what I'm doing in your name. And then, shh, God came down. When you put order in your life as a king, you don't have to pray some of these your long prayers. It, some of us are too religious. And as you are doing all of those, God is saying, you are living out the real things. I won't come down like that. 
That's why many men have lost value. Because of disorder. First Corinthians 14.40 says, Let everything be done decently and in order. God understands order. You remember that before Abraham put Isaac on the altar, he arranged the altar very well. If the wood was here, fuel was here, I mean petrol, kerosene was here, he <laughs> would be there for one year asking God to come. God said, attend to the real things first and I'll come down. Some of these delays are not necessary when order is in place. Please understand. Some of our kings, some of our men have lost respect in the sight of their wives. You won't believe it. Less than a month ago, I was seated in front of a gospel minister and his wife. And the wife threw a bomb that we never forget. As she's been keeping that in her heart. She didn't want to expose her husband. And then she said to me, my husband doesn't give me money. Rather, he asks me to bring, give him money. And anytime I refuse to give him, he's angry and he quarrels me. And when I told him the truth, guess what he said? The man said, I go out as a pastor to minister to members and they bless me. My wife too is supposed to be blessing me as other people are blessing me outside. Because as I'm blessing, that's how I'm blessing her too. So you have reduced your wife to a member. And he said that before me. I said, I'm disappointed. Sir, you want your wife to give you an honorarium? That's what he said. That's why the man has become, the woman has become the man of the house. Because she sent you 5,000, sent 10,000, and you're waiting for an honorarium. Say, God forbid. Order. Somebody say order. Do you know nobody crowns a clown? That's what I would say. Woe unto you, O city, if your king is a child. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, 16, 17. Nobody crowns a clown. See, I hear. <laughs> Woe unto you if your king is a child. Today, that family is excited. They are happy. The woman is thanking me forever. Say, thank you. Thank you. So I said, is he giving you money now? There's nothing wrong in, a, in our wives blessing us. There's nothing. But don't make it a right. No. The man is the head. In everything, he's the head. You can't be a head in dishing out instructions and be tail in bringing money. <laughs> you are lost out. Because that's the real thing. I want to run. Glory to God. Is somebody, is somebody getting blessed this morning? Characteristics of a dignified man. What are you to look for in a dignified man? Number one, a dignified man is a man of vision. 
Man of what? Man of vision. There is no destination as everywhere. Because everywhere leads nowhere. You don't go to the airport and they're asking you why are you going to say I'm going everywhere. They'll tell you sit down. When the plane arrives, we'll let you know. But for now, we don't have a plane going There is no destination as everywhere. And then, let me also say, it's not everybody going in your direction. So get a vision. Vision gives your life stability. Vision gives your life dignity. Because you are not joining them to do what they are doing. Because you know where you are going. God had to separate Lot from Abraham. Because the destinies defile. And for all the time that Lot was with Abraham, Genesis 14, God never spoke with Abraham until that devil, Lot, left. Something has been blocking God's voice from reaching you. Take care of it. He wants to speak. He wants to bring new ideas. But the thing is blocking it. You, are in a, you, are, you seem to be in a wrong company. Because he that followed after the wise, what happens? You must be a visionary. You must have a vision, a man of vision. Proverbs 29, verse 18. The Bible says, where there is no vision, what happens? People perish. And let me say, the word perish does not only connote dying and going to hell. The word perish means to be put to shame, to be reproached. So you can be perishing here and you have not gone to hell. When your life loses value, you are perishing. It is vision that gives value to our lives. When you have a vision, you will not be distracted by the things you see in television. A, a young boy won't let anybody rest. He said, I want to be a musician. I want to be, a, I want to be singing. I want to be like Two-Face. And one day, because the noise was too much, so I asked him, I sat him down and said, come, come. What is really inspiring you to want to, wanting to become a musician? He said, I want to drive in the kind of cars they are driving in. I want to enjoy glamour and uh, honor. Ah, I said, have you found out from Two-Face how he started? Everything starts from down to up. It's only the grave that starts from up down. When you have a vision, starting small won't be a concern. Because you are more bothered about where you are going than where you are. Oh my God. Say to your neighbor, there's no destination as everywhere. One more time, there's no destination as everywhere. Number two, Characteristics of a dignified man. A dignified man embraces instructions with all delight. A dignified man enjoys working with instructions. In the school of aviation, for instance, you don't have professors. You don't have teachers. You have instructors. You have who? Instructors. So if your vision is to fly high, you must embrace instructions. So in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says, My son, 
listen to the instruction of your father. Proverbs 1 verse 8. And in Luke 2 verses 51, the Bible says Jesus was in the shop of his father obeying instructions, going everywhere he sent. We walk by common sense. We run by principles. But we fly by instructions. Nobody goes to school to learn how to walk. When you are born, something in you, when the time reaches, you just begin to walk. You run with principles. If you enter into the other person's track, you are disqualified. And then we fly by instructions. You won't now say, no, I have gray hair. I don't need an instructor. They are not qualified to go to aviation school. You want to fly, you need an instructor. Pour water in the pot, John chapter 2. And when they had done that, what happened? He said, fetch now. Are those not instructions? He dished out instruction to them, and you all know what happened. They had wine. And those instructions, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, they are not grievous. The instructions of God are not grievous. There is space in space. All you need is a spacecraft. Everybody wants to go up, yes. How many want to obey instructions? Few. How can he be talking to me like that? Like what we saw this morning. The first class fellow was living like a last class citizen. Didn't you see? So it's not of him that will it. Not of him that run it. But of God that shows mercy. So you obey those instructions as he dishes them out to you. And your life will be up there. A dignified man is a focused man. A dignified man knows where he's going. They are focused. I read a testimony of a, a young military officer who saw his boss and wanted to be like him. So he went to meet him. Sir, I want to be a successful um, military officer like you. Tell me your secret. And the man said, number one, focus. Number two, focus. Number three, focus. Yeah, well, I don't mind. I can do it. said, okay. So they gave him an egg placed on a spoon and told, and told him, let's enter into an agreement. As you are going with this egg, if it falls from this spoon and, you know, if, you know, breaks, I will shoot you. Is that okay? He said, yes. So they began to go. They began to go. The man went around the field seven times. By the time he came back, they asked him, did you see those naked women dancing by the side of the barracks as we were going? He said, were there women there? <laughs> he said, what about these small, small boys playing football around? Said, I didn't see them. I didn't see them. Congratulations, you passed. You are too distracted because you are not focused. Little things dissuade you because you are not focused. The place where our church is located today is inside, inside Ibejuleki. It's from there I came this morning. I've been there for seven years now. Mosquitoes. No light. You see light like this. It's like Jesus has come. 
But because I knew what God sent me there to do, I have stayed. So when man of God was talking about transformed lives this morning, I understand the language. People have come to church who were paupers today. Before my very eyes, they are up there. A woman who used to go to church after service will be begging for transport, 10 naira, 20 naira to go back home with her children. Today, in her 60s, still writing masters. Doing very well. I married her first daughter. That is, we married her in church. She's in South Africa, married to a surgeon. Very committed young lady. How many do I want to mention? So those are the testimonies of focus. Be focused. Be focused. You see, I said to somebody some time ago that you are not a man because you have a manhood hanging in between your legs. You are a man because you are responsible and you are focused. Jesus set his face like a flint. So the pains the cross was going to bring, him, bring, bring to him was nothing. Hebrew 12. He endured the pain, despised the shame, and went for the cross. And today, he is the king of kings and lord of lords. You can succeed. You can be an envy to all people if you are focused. Please, let's be focused. I want to round up because I, my time is almost fast spent. I will end with the testimony of the prodigal son. Every time you leave the umbrella of Jesus, you walk away from dignity. The prodigal son in the scriptures in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32, he was a son while he was under his father's roof, but went prodigal when he left home. Have you given, have you given it a thought? Everything was just fine when he was home. But one day, he just grew up. He woke up a grown-up man. He woke up a know-it-all. And went to his father. Father, I think I'm a grown-up man now. I want to not be like you. He walked away from instructions. The Bible says, he that walked, he said, as a bird flyeth out of his nest, so is a man that wandereth out of his place. When that young man went home, I mean left home, he earned himself the title of a prodigal son. And he went into indignity. He began to feed with pigs. Why? Part of his main challenge is written in verse 15 and 16. The Bible said he gathered all his resources and spent all his resources. That's where he began to fail. Number one, he left home then he said two men from home, he squandered them. I, went, I wanted to know the meaning of prodigal. Prodigal means to waste resources recklessly. That young man earned himself that title of a prodigal son because he was a waster. Number two, he left home. Nobody was supervising him. 
you can't outgrow instruction. You can't outgrow super, super, supervision. He left home. You also what happened? His life went down the drain. Until in verse 17 when he said, I will now return home. There's something he said that, that, that caught my attention. He said, my father's servants, they have enough to spare. They, they were living a dignified life. Servants in his father's house were living a dignified life. Why he that left home went into indignity. There's no place like home. While I was growing up, there's a music we used to listen to by Eviet Naogoli. There is no place like home. Home, sweet home. When I go southwest, east and north, I will. It was when the prodigal son returned home that his dignity was restored. That his color, glory, was restored. Not outside. It was when he came back home. Some of us kings need to walk our way back home. You've left the place. You need to return back. Now there's a vision. There's a project that's going on in church. Part of the responsibility, and I love what uh, our president did this morning, is that allow God use you. I'm not raising your friend. Allow God use you. Be responsible. Be responsible. Allow God use you. Come back home and your dignity will be restored. You heard what the man said. Bring the fatted, fattest calf. Slaughter it. Wear him ring. And wear him a new robe. He lost that robe of dignity before. But now that he has come back home, let's, let's wear him. And there was celebration. I pray for our men today that you won't be a figurehead man. I pray for our men today that you'll be a dignified man. That you'll be responsible both to your family, to God and his house. I want all of our men to stand to their feet this morning. What makes a dignified man is that he is responsible. I want you to look at yourself. We hope you've been blessed by this message. To experience more, Visit us on Wednesdays by 6.30 p.m. and Sundays 8.30 a.m. at Victory Inheritance Ministries, Plot 25, Block A, Kusela Road, Ikate, Elegushi, Waterfront, Fort Roundabout, along Konoyo Gas Station, Lekki, Lagos, Nigeria. Or follow us on Facebook at Victory Inheritance Ministries. Or you can email us at vimministries at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.